game chasers and aspiring game changers. I'm your host and creative coach, Lindria Reynolds, and welcome back to another episode of Next Level Brand Behavior, your dose of creative fuel to help you catch those dreams, stop overthinking, and elevate that life-changing brand. I am so elated today because I have sitting next to me, Miss Sylvie Legere. Hey, Sylvie, how are you? Andrea, how are you? Good, good. I'm so happy to have Sylvie um, sitting next to me because she has such an amazing brand and she's doing so many amazing things for the community. And so I'm excited to chat with her about some of those things and have her share with you her processes so that you can elevate your brand as well and do some amazing things in your community. So a little bit about Sylvie. Well, first, I always like to start with how I meet my guests. And I had the opportunity to meet Sylvie when I interviewed um, Lieutenant Governor Stratton. And she was there and she told me about the policy circle, and which is her baby, which is her vision. Um, she's a co-founder um, of the organization. And to be honest with you, I didn't know what the policy circle was. And when I started to look more into it, I found out it is so important to know what our policies are, you know, especially for me as an entrepreneur and a small business owner. Sometimes we can get so caught up in building our business, hiring employees, and we're not quite sure about the policy, the policies that help or hinder, you know, our progress. So as a woman, knowing that these circles exist where women are having these educated conversations about policymaking um, was really, you know, important to me. And it was really incredible to know that these type of conversations exist and this organi organization exists. So Sylvie, I thank you for connecting with me. Um, and um, I'm excited to just learn more about, you know, all the things the Policy Circle is doing. And I also had the opportunity to be a social media correspondent at um, the Leadership Summit, which was simply amazing. And so um, Sylvie had her fingerprint all over that event. And it was just a room full of phenomenal women, sold out event, um, extraordinary speakers, just really learning about how technology works um, and everything that we're doing today. Like I mentioned, small businesses and healthcare, and just having these conversations within our community about, you know, just how we can elevate ourselves, our businesses, our homes, if we understand technology and we understand our policies. So I thank you, Sylvie, for creating that platform. And I'm so glad we met. So thanks for being here with me today. So I'll tell you a little bit about Sylvie, just a little bit more about her background. Um, I mentioned that she's the founder and she's a visionary behind the Policy Circle, which is a nonpartisan organization. And they provide this fact-based framework um, for women to really have educated discussions around policies and discuss creative ways that they can actually impact these policies. Um, and so it really gives women an opportunity to use their voices and have a seat at the table, um, which is really powerful in our communities. Sylvie also has a very extensive background in corporate America, and she's worked with, she has more than 20 years of experience working in technology and process change management for companies such as Accenture and TD Ameritrade and JP Morgan Chase, 
She's also the former co-owner of a bicycle shop right outside of Chicago. So she also has that small business background as well. So she understands our small business um, owners, um, which is really important. And something else that I learned about Sylvie that was really impressive to me, um, especially being passionate about social good, is that she actually developed an app for people with developmental disabilities. And that's so important because we can't leave people behind. And Sylvie has a passion, a passion for not doing so. I want to jump right in and start to talk to Sylvie um, so you all can get to know a little bit more about her and um, learn a little bit more about the things that she's doing because she has some gems for you all today. Um, and I'm so excited for her to share them. So Sylvie, my first question for you is, what's your creative love story? I believe everyone is creative. When did your gifts and dreams make their debut and how have you seen them evolve over time? Well, thank you, Andrea, for, for interviewing me and for really your thoughtful questions. So I love that question about what's your creative love story. And it got me to think about well, what this creativity means to me. I'm not an artist. I'm not a visual person. I'm uh, My background, as you said, is in consulting. So I always think of things in terms of steps and processes, right? So... First, I'd like to just start by what, what creativity means to me. And to me, it means solving problems by just using your experience and knowledge from, from a different domain and applying it to a new, a brand new situation. So um, you mentioned that I developed an app for people with um, developmental disability, and the app is meant to really engage and increase the, the workouts that people with developmental abilities do right so i applied this background that i have in human learning to to a completely different domain of, of working out and and also for an audience that they're really um not necessarily directly familiar with so so that's one piece of creativity the other piece is about um, making uh, a difference the other piece for me of creativity is making a difference in the way people act people think um by maybe shifting Pivoting, getting them to pivot a little bit, the the their views on, on the situation, and that is what makes creativity so exciting, right? Mm -hmm. And and the last piece I feel is creativity comes by really observing and acknowledging human behavior. So you know. I, I've come, and this is what comes with maturity, I've come to be better about noticing and really accepting how people behave and incorporating that into the solution instead of wanting to really shift and say, we're going to change the way they do things necessarily. You know, you have to accept it and incorporate it in a solution that then gets them to perhaps pivot. So, um, you know, maybe in the context of how I started the policy circle is, I noticed that women did not directly feel invited to participate in public policy conversations that were not about women. Whenever we, we talk about women in public policy, we think about diversity, inclusion, women, women issues, right? And when, when it comes to issues about what drives innovation, fiscal responsibility, what's digital infrastructure, how does it impact access to education, access to entrepreneurship, um, uh, energy, the environment, right? We, we, we're not completely comfortable engaging this directly into, on those issues. So, so I thought, so what I realized is 
women want to learn about the issues and and don't necessarily want to be lectured. And I have I have studied and done work in, in human learning. And people learn by doing different things. They learn by doing. Uh, they learn by failure. And they also learn by asking questions. Mm. So that's the model that I applied in creating the policy circle, is creating a framework where women come prepared by, as you mentioned, having a policy circle brief, brief that they could read, digest, and then they have an invitation to speak up about it, to ask questions, to use their own voice. And that's how learning happens. That's how confidence building happens as well. So so that's what creative reading means to me. And that's, you know, that's what it is. Awesome. So th- thank you for sharing that. And I'm so glad you shared what creativity means to you. Um, earlier, you know, before we, we even started, the interview, um, I enjoyed chatting with you about the meaning of creativity because I think sometimes people don't think developing processes is actually being creative. They, they may think of it as it's more, it's a little bit more analytical, um, but it is creative. You mentioned human learning and human behavior. When you start to look at human learning and human behavior and think of creative ways to develop these processes for for people to actually excel and build confidence um, and have a voice in their community, it is creativity. And it's really important. And it's creativity is also just, you know, starting a business, being creative, you know, because you're solving a problem for someone. And that's what you do when you you uh, start a business, when you grow that business. Um, it's really and creativity. We always think, oh, you know, a lot of times it doesn't come from just a blank slate. You know, you're not creative when you're in front of a white piece of paper. Creativity comes from constraints. Yes, it's when you have constraints that actually you you need to think of solutions, different ways of doing things. So it's always good to apply whatever problem you're facing or constraints to it, so you can ignite that creativity. Awesome. Love, yes. Ignite that. Cre- I love it. I love it. Yes, Sylvie. So thinking about creativity and all the amazing things that you're doing, I always tell my clients and people that I meet that it's really important for them to have a personal mission statement. And I'm wondering, what is your personal mission statement and how have you positioned your brand, your personal brand, to stay true to that mission? Um, so that's a really good question. I think early in, in my life and career, I don't think I, I had a personal mission statement. I don't think it was really my passion at the time. But, <laughs> um, but today, and I love the question because it, it's good to always stop and, and really have it and realize that you have it. And some, I feel like a personal mission can really transpire from observing what you are doing. And in my case, and and this really came from people telling me this, right, that I thrive to be a a spark that ignites the potential in others. Um, I have a a gift of seeing the possibilities and connecting dots. And and sometimes I feel that this is how I can can ignite the potential in others. I see what, what they do and what they talk about. And I take it to another level or spin it a different way. Um, so that's a big piece of it. The, the other piece that I have three parts to my mission statement. The other piece that I live by on and I also I have a tendency to judge people by is walking the talk. So I try to whatever 
I profess or, you know, I believe in, I'd like to live by it as well. And just to give you a very simple example, you know, my husband and I, when we became co-owners of a bike shop in our neighborhood, I was not a cyclist. I was a runner. And I put aside a little bit my running shoes to fully embrace biking, to learn about biking, learn about the biking industry, learn how to ride, how to ride well, how to ride in groups, started women's ride. I got other people to ride with me. Um, you know, so so that's an example of, of what I mean about walking the talk. And I expect people to, to do the same way in absolutely everything that they do. It's my lens to judge uh, and, and to bring in my life or evaluate how I can um, work with people. And then the last piece is I really value um, local community uh, engagement, what happens locally. I value that and um, I, I try to do it and bring connectedness, human connectedness um, in, in my community. That's one way that I look at it. So those are the three pieces of my personal mission statement. I love it. I, I love the fact that you started cycling um, so that you can literally live out your word. Um, I think that's so important and it's so authentic. And people are really drawn to authentic people. They're really drawn to authentic brands. And so the fact that you actually took the time to actually start cycling and even educating others about cycling so that you coincide with your actual business. I think that's so powerful. And I thank you for sharing that. I thank you for sharing your authenticity and, you know, just your mission. The fact that you ignite potential in others. That's powerful, Sylvie. And that's a huge hat to wear. And you wear it proudly. So I, I well, thank you for, for sharing that. that. <laughs> trying to bring people up instead yeah. of them. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen you in action. So <laughs> you're actually, you're definitely living out your, um, your mission state. Statement. And so knowing that you ignite potential in others, you 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 have this this spark, you know, that you bring. Brand association is so important, you know, even when deciding who are those others, you know, who are those people and who how do people associate themselves with you? I mentioned earlier that you're you've you been a part of some amazing companies. You're also, as you mentioned, the the bike shop. You are a former business owner of a bike shop. You also are the business owner and the founder of the Policy Circle, but you're also a philanthropist as well. And so when you're thinking about igniting potential in others and also thinking about the brands that want to associate themselves with you, because when you have this type of you you you're a mag you're a magnet. I would say that you're a magnet. And sometimes when people are magnets, they draw all types of people to them. How do you choose who you want to associate your brand with? Yeah, that's a that's a good um, that's a good question. You know, there's um, I think authenticity, as you mentioned, is is something that I like seek, and I feel I have like special antennas to detect that. Right. So that's something that's a piece that's really important to me. The other, as I said, when I look at a brand uh, that I want to be associated with or, or that I decide to support is a brand that will act locally, that cares locally about the community in which they, um, they serve or operate in, uh, work in. 
and and that's that's a, a real importance. And then the the other piece um, that I gravitate towards are brands that have a story, that uh, either have a tradition that are built on principles, or or that they have a real uh, a real interesting history about how that brand was started and how it evolved. So those are you know the 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 two pieces, and then um, you know from from a consumer perspective or, you know, just a, a random thing. I, I really, I am from, from Canada, from Quebec, and I'm a French speaker. And so, therefore, it always makes me smile inside when I discover that a brand that I like or a person has a Canadian connection or Franco-French connection in some yeah. ways. And there's always one, it seems. So <laughs> those are the three, those are my three pieces when I look at brands. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that. So going back to, you know, I just keep bringing up this Policy Circles Leadership Summit because it was so amazing. Yeah, thank you. Um, and um, I met some some really phenomenal people there. You had some amazing sessions and workshops. And one of your workshops um, was titled Facilitating Complex Discussions and Expanding Influence. And you and your facilitators, your co-facilitators, discuss the importance of using civil discourse when passionately discussing topics that may have conflicting viewpoints. For me, this framework that you presented was so impressive. And it was really meaningful to me because even thinking outside of conversations that can happen within a policy circle, I started to even think about the conversations and the discussions and the potential debates that happen for executives at large organizations who are attempting to decide on program offerings within their community or even a small business um, where, you know, staffers or the executives within that small business are discussing who they choose to have a brand partnership with. And so I just thought that the framework around civil discourse was so important and it just kind of transcends into different types of businesses and conversations. And so could you tell us a little bit more about that framework and why it's so important to use civil discourse, especially in society, you know, the society that we live in now and wanted to have meaningful outcomes at the end? Right. So, well, thank you, because um, this this workshop took a lot of work to develop, right, with my co-facilitators. It's really a collaborative effort um, that we came up with this, the framework that we're going to talk about today. Um, the, the idea came out of when you're part of a policy circle as a, as a you know, as a participant, as a member and a circle leader, um, the experience that you get in the policy circle of discussing a specific issue will give you the courage and the confidence to then engage with a larger community on a topic, right? Mm-hmm. So so the, the workshop was designed so that policy circle women can take, can be the facilitators of complex discussions outside of the policy circle. That was really the mindset. And by civil discourse, um, my, my co-facilitator, Karen Wells, um, really defined it as a robust and honest and frank constructive dialogue and deliberation that seeks to advance the public interest. So civil discourse is not about getting your idea sold. It's not about persuasion and it's not about selling your idea so that everybody's on board with it. 
It's yeah. about deliberating so you come up with a solution that is in the public interest. And the sum of the conversation is greater than the individual, yeah. I would say. And what we came up um, with actually the pillars of a civil discourse is, is four things. One is for, for this deliberation to happen, you need to resist making assumptions about the people who are participating. So all kinds of assumptions, right? Assumptions about who they are based on the accent they speak, they, they have based on what they're wearing, where they live. You need to resist all assumptions and, and let them speak and, and, um, and share their lens of care about a specific issue. The other is you have to resist being the messenger of one viewpoint. So, and that is, again, you can't just be, this is my thought and that's what I'm, this is the only thing I'm going to say in this conversation, right? You need to be able, you need to be open to hearing other views and not just be one messenger. And the other piece is modeling the desired behavior. If you want people to yell, then you yell. If you want a little bit of humor, then you need to bring a little bit of humor. If if you want to seek understanding and you need you want to be understood, then you need to understand others and acknowledge the points that they are bringing. So modeling the behavior that you want to see. And then the other is to ask questions, to seek understanding. And that's where the framework that we presented came because it's easy to say, you ask questions, but it's like, well, what question are you going to ask, right? Yeah. So, and this is the consultant mindset that, that I have, and, and I approach things, I, I break things down into steps. And by framework, I kind of, we kind of came up with these buckets of questions to organize the discussion. Because if you just have a blank slate, mm-hmm. then people will be talking about different things, and you're, you'll miss you'll start missing each other. Yeah. So, um, you know, so, so if I could go through, you know, the, the, the tracks and I call them like tracks of questions, Mm -hmm. just briefly at a high level, the, the first part was really around what is the goal and the vision of the issue. So in the context of the workshop, we discussed, um, the, Haymarket DuPage, the establishment of a rehab center in Itasca, Illinois, um, led by um, Haymarket. And that's a real case, real thing that happened. And the community um, was ended up not being exactly for it. So that, that was a case study that, that we discussed and my co-facilitators explained. So a lot of times we miss this piece about well, what's the goal and the vision and, and who are all the stakeholders that need to be brought into the conversation. So a lot of times when we think about stakeholders, we think about the um, you know the, the people that are running the project, right? In mm-hmm. this case, it was a Haymarket, like who's running the project, kind of selling it. That's the main stakeholders. But in a community, there's the residents, the, the family, there's the small business owners, there's the big business owners, there's the infrastructure, you know, there's the um, the families that will be directly impacted by the service yeah. that will be received. And then there's our elected officials, the representative of that community. So those are, you need to start off by thinking through and making the list of who are all the stakeholders, big, small, representative from, from all walks. And that gives you a good understanding to, to make sure that you have everybody in the, in the conversation. Um, and once you have all of them, then you can ask people and discuss, well, what are, 
What lens are you wearing when thinking about the goals and the vision uh, of a project? So that's the first piece. And, and the other piece around goals and vision is what data do, do we have? What data are we relying on? And how do we evaluate the data? So you start off by sharing vision, sharing, sharing what's the data. Um, the, the other piece is kind of the values and the role for community members in this issue. It's like, what are the values and principles that are at play when, when you discuss an issues? And what are the, the laws and regulations that needs to be taken into consideration? And sometimes we forget when, when we discuss complex issues, like how can people step up to contribute and make things better yeah. around this issue? What's their role of, of the community? So that's that's really another piece. And then the the other like kind of three pieces and, and I'll stop is is kind of innovation and infrastructure. A lot of times when there's a complex issue, we forget to focus a bit of our conversation around well, what's the technology of today and the technology of the future mm-hmm. and the infrastructure that we currently have or don't have or, or we need for real solution and real changes to make. We need to lean into technology and and we miss having a conversation uh, around that um, more more, uh, intently. And and finally, it's kind of conversation around the key measures. Mm -hmm. What needle are we trying to move? And and then what are the unintended consequences based on how people behave? You might want, this is what we want, we think it's gonna be great, but then the way people are, maybe it's not going to be that great, right. you know. So key measures, and then there's always the issue of costs yeah. and benefits. You know, yeah. what is it going to cost to develop, to implement, and to support long run? Yeah. And we feel like with these five buckets, you kind of hit a little bit of everybody's preoccupations and yeah. point of view at some point in that in that process to come up with. A solution or a conversation where everyone feels heard, and that's really the goal. I love it. Um, it's such an important framework, um, especially when it comes to community building and really expanding knowledge. You know, so many people have different ways of thinking about things and coming up with different solutions. Or yeah, earlier we talked about creative problem solving, and this framework is a prime example of how you can creatively problem solve in order to build a community. And come, you know, get to meaningful outcomes. And so I thank you for sharing that with yeah, my audience. Um, it's, it's really, really about also figuring out a way so that everybody feels heard. Yep, absolutely. That's yep. that's the key. That you're absolutely that's primary, yeah. right? So many people don't feel heard, yeah. especially when they don't feel like they may not even see themselves as a stakeholder. And so the fact that you brought up different types of stakeholders, it's important because you know if you're a community member, if you're a resident, you may not think that you're a stakeholder. Um, if you feel like you're not the business owner, you don't have you you haven't invested, you know, financially um, into the community as other people have. And so, to know that you have a voice, you matter, and you are a stakeholder um, is is so important. And I thank you for sharing your framework because it really helps people understand that their voice does matter. All right, Sylvie. Um, could you tell us, you know, what advice would you give your younger self? Yeah, thanks for asking that question. Because, uh, um, you know, there's like two things. One is to be patient, to be patient with um, yourself and be patient with others and to kind of 
realize that you're in for the long run. And in what you're doing, at some point, you'll be able to look back and connect all the, ta- the dots yeah. and, and find that you, you've reached your destiny. Yeah. And so we, for that, you have to be patient and sometimes do things and assume jobs and works that may not seem that exciting. You feel, what am I, what am I doing, right? <laughs> and you become really impatient and you're ready to throw everything out. Um, but maybe every look at every experience that you have in your life as something leading somewhere to your destiny. Mm-hmm. So that would be one thing. And the other one is really valuing building relationships networking is working and networking meaningfully developing meaningful relationship with others i am you know a person that's more of an introvert and a person that really likes to hide behind the task Mm -hmm. and i value much more doing working on the spreadsheets and developing these processes Mm -hmm. than actually spending time to get to know people and investing in relationships and i think that's what i really wish i had done my life would have been very different if i had valued and developed professional um, and meaningful relationship with people and uh, as, as mentors as friends as it would just it's just makes your life so much richer awesome thank you thank you for sharing that i'm sure someone needs to hear that um so thank you so what's next for sylvie What's next for you? Well, you know, I'm in the thick of it about just <laughs> growing the the policy circle, expanding it. You know, we, we want to reach about uh, at least, you know, 20 circles in every state. Mm-hmm. So there's a growth goal. I'm always, I always say to myself, you know, what gets measured gets done, right? So I always have measures um, to, to keep things moving forward. So that's, that is a, a really priority. And also I think meeting you is, for me, is developing my own, um, brand and realizing that I can have a brand like I never think of it that way like you never think and I think that's what your whole message is about is everybody has a brand and I, I never thought well I'm not really anything extraordinary I'm not, I'm not I don't have a brand per se but hearing you that's something that I want to develop independently and then you know um I, I made I wanted to just share that because you know, sometimes when you're really uh, young, when I was like 17, I kind of made a promise to myself and I kind of still remember that that mindset of one day working in international development in some capacity. And when I graduated, that's what I wanted to do. And um, there was really no job for me in that space because I didn't have a PhD. Um, but I feel like now we have policy circles starting in, uh, in the Middle East. And it tells me that maybe the policy circle model and framework could actually be a way for me to have an impact in the international level, to give a voice and empower people to shape the communities they want to see. And, and I want to live that promise that I made to myself um, a really long time ago. And, and that's what I'm kind of trying to steer towards. I love it. I love that you're, you know, working on Delivering that promise to yourself from your 17-year-old self. So many times we have dreams and aspirations from as early as childhood, and we feel like, oh, we're not in a position to make them possible, so we move on to something else. And just like you mentioned, life can happen in a way where it will position you to actually carry out those dreams and aspirations. So don't give up on whatever dream you had, even as a teenager, because the opportunity can still happen. And so I'm glad you mentioned that. And something else you said, 
um, that I thought was incredible was growth goals. Everyone should have growth goals, you know, whether they have a business or, you know, a, a business brand or a personal brand. It is so important to set some growth goals. You set these visions for yourself and these places that you want to go. But in order for you to get there, you need to actually set some real measurable goals, you know, so that you can attain those dreams. And so I'm so glad you mentioned that, um, Sylvie, and um, I'm excited for your next. And I'm so glad um, that you invited me to be a little bit on that journey with you. Yeah, so thank, thank you. you. Thank well, you. Thank you. I'm so glad our paths crossed. <laughs> me that's too. What I love, uh, that's what I love, actually, about about the policy circle is that you get to cross path with people, with really um, amazing people that um, take you to the next level. And yeah. you just have to invite them to do that. So yeah. thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And so my last question, could you let us know, because you you have an amazing brand. You mentioned you were working on your brand and I always say a brand is a promise and you've made an amazing promise to people in your network, to women within your network and women around the world. Could you tell us how can people find you and support your work? So, you know, it, we've developed a website and the, the URL is uh, thepolicycircle.org. And you can go on the website and visit, see how the Policy Circle works, how it works. And, and there you can start a circle very easily. You can inquire and that, that would be one way, right? And, and we say to start a circle, um, you don't do it alone. So we've learned, right? Women like to be together and you identify, you know, two other women that may be interested to be with you on this journey and to start a circle and the three of you then decide who else would want to be part of the circle. So each of you invite one or two women um, and then you form a circle of maybe six, 12 women uh, to engage and commit to engage into five uh, policy circle conversations. So that's, you know, one way to help us achieve our growth role. And then you can become a connector, spread the word and share the policy circle framework and mission uh, to your friends around the country and the world. And of course, you know, we're, we're nonpartisan, we're a nonprofit organization. So uh, everything that you do is private. We don't sell your data, but for that, we're also a member supported organization. So we look for donation and support from foundations, from uh, individuals, from members. So you can, you can donate at the policycircle.org and be greatly appreciated uh, to have you part of our um, networking community. So thank you. Thank, thank you. you so much. No, thank you, Sylvia. And thank you for sharing that. It is end of year giving. It is end of year um, season for our charities. And so I encourage you to support the policy circle. Um, you're supporting a movement and you're supporting women using their voices um, to create change um, globally. And so it's really important um, on so many levels. So Sylvie, thank you so much for sharing how people can connect with you and connect with your work and also really help this, the work that you're doing helps to sh shape their lives, men and women. And so this is really important work. So I thank you, Sylvie, for having this conversation with me thank today. You. Thank and you for your questions. No, oh, no problem. You were really sharing some gems today. And I'm sure um, there's 
a lot of people out there that are, that are going to be inspired by this conversation. And so I'm excited to get to work and start implementing this framework that you shared and just really thinking about how I can impact the policies that we have today. And so thank you, Sylvie. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you.